Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are talking about Inhumans, episodes four and five. Oh my, will we have much to say? I hope so. Who knows? Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. I'm Jeff Randall. We are here to talk about... The Inhumans episodes four and five. Fortunately, we couldn't get back get together last week, so we're Did you covering say these. Fortunately, two. I said unfortunately. Oh, it sounded like you said fortunately, and I was like, "Damn, dude, that's just outright." Just I'm mad at you for leaving for Tampa, so I'm just like, fortunately, I don't have to spend any time with this guy. Uh, that's backwards. No, I'm just mad. <laughs> it I'm, hurts. I can't see you. It's not right about now. logic. It's not about logic. <laughs> um, uh, I love no. you too. We have. <laughs> We have, uh, so, let's just kind of go down. I guess we'll talk about all the characters and what they've gone through these two episodes. I don't feel like we're going to run real long on this one tonight. Yeah. Because uh, I don't feel like a lot happened. We didn't learn a whole lot. Yeah. The last thing we learned in episode three was that uh, this this mysterious guy with the lab who seems to be helpful. Declan. Also Desmond from uh, Lost. <laughs> um <laughs> He just can't get away from the dead names. Yeah, the dead names. Um, he is working for Maximus, and that was yep. a big reveal. But I don't really feel like we got any big reveals this time. Yeah, episode four really didn't have anything going well, for it. I guess episode four, the big reveal was that some for some reason the pot grower killed his Reno. partner. Yeah, that felt just so out of place. Talk about a mustache twirling villain, right? Like there is no motivation given for that guy. Except that he's, I guess, paranoid, but you're like a pot grower. Like they're trying really hard to show that that he has no care for humanity or whatever, or inhumanity, um, because like they had in episode four, um, they had Karnak say he displays clear sociopathic tendencies sometimes. Right. Like that's not enough to justify him killing somebody else that we barely know. I mean, yeah. It's just, I, we just have no motivation given for him, really. Except that he's paranoid, and except that I guess he wants the money for himself, and that doesn't work out for him, because the the big boss, when he finally does come around, says, I don't trust people that kill their partners. He just outright him. kills him! Like, so the, wow. whole, the whole thing was a waste. Uh, it, just, it just felt a little... That whole thing just felt forced. I don't understand. And, like, they could have at least made it, like, heroin- or meth. I just felt like... Yeah, like, not just weed. I'm not even a smoker, even a smoker of the weed. Um, it's not legal here, and I just don't... I've never been into that scene and never really know where to get it or anything. I just don't... It's not my thing. Uh, but I just don't... It doesn't... I know a lot of people who do, and even who sell it, and like none of these people are like crazy murderers. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> like, yes, they're drug dealers, and yet, but like it's just it's marijuana, and it's legal in like third of the country now or something yeah. stupid like it's, in some it, form or another the legalization is growing like just so like calm down reno and, i just don't understand why they're making this making i don't understand the decisions behind like, it would make sense if character. it was meth yeah but see this is the thing this is the problem with shows where they like won't make they don't let their good guys be bad and their bad guys be good even though this show i don't even get because their good guys aren't good yet, and their bad guys aren't really that bad yet. But they've done a few things, obviously. But like it's it's been a little hit or miss, uh, as we discussed. But 
if so they're setting up this, this this these characters and they want them to be dangerous, but they also want Karnak to fall in love with one of them and have that arc be a thing. So they're like, what drug is just on the line where <laughs> we we don't want it to like hurt the character who's helping grow it enough. We want you to feel for them. And it'd be okay that Karnak falls in love, but we also want it to be okay that the other guy is a raving murderer. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, the, it's just two different situations, and these two people find themselves in the same situation, and one's a must, just a mustache twirling villain. That's all it is. Yep. And the other seemed pretty groovy. Yeah. And you know, honestly, <laughs> like, in this episode, in episode five, um, he says how long they were together. And, like, it felt forced when they got together. It felt, like, just kind of shoehorned in. Like, oh, no, we got to get a romance going. Right. Like, Karnak gets some. And, he, like, he well, says... How long like, he say? He said, like, a day, like, one day, six hours, and, you know, right. some amount of minutes. And I was like, really? And that's... Like, really? Like, I didn't even feel like it felt too crazy forced... Like they, they 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 fell they 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 just had they basically just had sex and it's like that's fine people do that they meet they feel feel romantic feelings for each other they go in and do whatever they feel like but it's like it's just such a weird I just feel like this whole storyline was weird and it, the it felt like the whole thing was just a way of getting you to get to know Karnak and get to know Gorgon and and get to know more about their relationship by keeping them separate yeah. Because uh, now we're at the end of episode five, they're t- they're all together now. Yeah, except for Triton. That's true. W- which is is presumed dead for some reason. And except for Lockjaw and Crystal. Oh, that's right. Lockjaw and Crystal are still with Surfer Guy. God, I hate that. I say Surfer Guy. The other guys are Surfer Guys. He just has Surfer Guy hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's White Surfer Guy. Yeah, White Surfer Guy. The as uh, opposed to Native Surfer Guy. The Native Surfer Guys are. Uh, like all ex-military, yeah, the ex-military surfer guys. Like, so this is just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And show? then Gorgon, Gorgon was like, "You guys feel like my family." I'm like, "You've been there a day. You've been there a day, and they feel like your family." It's like I get it. They they did fight by his side. Like that that is a bond that is forged. But why did they do it? Right. Well, that's what I don't get. Like. <laughs> I guess you could say they're just like kind of crazy and looking for a mission, but that's not how they're portraying it. They're portraying it like they were noble warriors who saw another noble warrior. And yeah, decided like to join I'll fight, fight for your king in honor of mine. Like what? That's all real weird. It's all real weird. Yeah, it, the show has been inconsistent at best. I liked episode five. I did. There were like two or three gripes that I had with it. I'm going to go I'm a, three specific gripes that I have with it, but the rest of it I really enjoyed. Uh, episode four, not so much. Episode four, I just, I felt like I was being bashed over the head over and over again. Mm. But, <laughs> That's not a good thing. Yeah, like, but the, the way that Karnak came into his own in episode five was really great, except right. they had no, like, there was no indication of, like, his power is coming back to him, he's getting better. Or even any indication that his fists can stop lead. And then they had him chop a bullet in half with his bare freaking hand. I don't think he chopped it. I think he deflected it. It went in two pieces. I didn't see that. It went on one piece on either side of him. Okay. And one of those pieces hit her. 
is that's what it looked like to right. me. But still, even still, like deflecting it, I I just don't I don't believe it, especially with the with that outer part of his hand. Like you can go knife hand all you want, but it's still a bullet coming at you quickly. Like right. I they they didn't establish it well enough that it made sense for him to be able to do that, to analyze it that fast and be able to do it. Now, well, the analyzation is fine, but the question is, could your hand, a bullet at that trajectory, that speed, can your hand, even at the perfect moment and perfect like speed and angle, can it deflect the bullet? I don't want Mythbusters to try that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that would hold up to the Mythbusters treatment. No. Of course. Now, like, something that was established in another canon is was in The Watchmen when that, what was his name, Ozzy, Oz, Ozymandias? Ozymandias. Ozymandias. They, you know, they were saying that he was the fastest. Oh, yeah, he could catch a bullet. And then he did catch a bullet, but it took him, like, it, he had to, like, rotate in with the, with the way that the round was going and, like, right. catch it and then roll down the stairs and everything. Like, that made sense. That was believable. That was realistic, even. But, like, this, where he was just like, no, and just chops it? Yeah. Like, what? I'm with you. Like, I think, I thought we were supposed to think he did it with, like, his, his fingernails, which are a little tougher. There are bones in the fingertips that, like, if you hit the, just the right angle, you could deflect the bullet. Maybe the bone wouldn't break. Maybe. I'm not believing it. But your flesh would probably still get all ripped off. Yeah. Like even if you angled it perfectly and your 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 bone disrupted the bullet's path. Your skin way, doesn't. The, the the skin would be off of his fingertips. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, unless he, I guess he had super long fingernails and super strong fingernails, but we don't know that's the power that he has. It looks like it hit the, the outside edge okay. of his hand. I thought I thought it was this. But I I just, I don't like it. Um that part I did not like, but the rest of it of him, like once they got to the point of like, oh, his powers are coming back, but they're not as good as they were. Right. And like, he can't quite analyze through the entirety of a thing. So he doesn't want to act like that was, that was, that was good. Like I, I enjoyed that. I did think the entirety of the, uh, the entirety of the thing about him, uh, like he's lost his powers. So he is, um, understanding Gorgon better. Like that's, that stuff made sense. And I think like they did want it to, they did want that to happen. Okay. We just rewatched it. It was his fingertips, but he did split it in two. Okay. And I don't think even with the sharpest of fingernails, you're splitting a bullet (laughs) in two. Yep. Uh, Even if he's very well manicured, uh, which he wasn't a lot of guys who play, classical guitar get manicures yeah because they have to be able to use their nails and so it's just funny all my guys like in in college would pick on them a little bit because they all had to go get manicures like every week because they had to, like put on all the strengthening stuff and the they'd always painting their fingernails with clear strengthening fingernail polish and stuff just to like make sure they because if they break a nail it's like a big deal you can't play certain songs yeah it's real funny um <laughs> well the rest of the episode with karnak was awesome. I, I liked where they went with it, what they were trying to say about Karnak's ability and how it's made him think he's perfect and make all these perfect decisions. But in a way, Gorgon, the way he has to deal with the world, it's not that Gorgon's dumb. In the beginning, they, they had a couple of flashbacks that make it seem like Gorgon's an idiot. Yeah. Gorgon's not necessarily dumb, even though... 
some of the things he was doing were straight up. Dumb. I love that flag scene. I'm going to be honest. The flag scene was funny. I love the flag scene because it, 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 it makes me feel like Gorgon's just like he's having fun. He's having fun with right. himself. But it kind of undermines the point that I just made, which is like <laughs> the point. The point of the episode seems to be. Gorgon's not an idiot. Yeah. He just doesn't have my power, and maybe I should view him differently. Like, that's kind of what this whole episode is. But the way they show those moments of Gorgon, he's pretty much an idiot. Like, stealing the flag, stepping on that uh, on that rover with his hoof in yeah. the camera, like, all that stuff is, uh, is, is Gorgon being Gorgon and being a little too aggressive. Well, when it comes to, like, a combat situation... He's awesome. Right. He's the guy that you want on your side because like when it comes to like being in combat, you know, ambush tactics or being ambushed or whatever, like he's he's the guy because he's, you know, he's the leader of the Royal Guard. Like that's his job is combat. But when it comes to like actually planning something out and and thinking about your consequences, like not so much. Yeah, not his forte. It's not his uh, not his thing. But I love that Karnak starts to see that, and I like how meaningful it is to Gorgon when Karnak says, like, or when the girl says, he's been talking about you a lot. He's, he has? He likes me. He, he really, likes me. likes he really likes me. Yeah. So I, I liked all that. That was great. And then I, I like that uh, whenever, you know, Gorgon shows up, does the stomp, and then saves Karnak, and he's like, I'm sorry, man. I know you would have wanted this to be done in a different way, and, like, you would have done it this way. And he's like, shut up. Thank you. I love I love that interaction because he's just like stop apologizing. You did the right thing. You saved me. Yeah, it was great. But then right after that comes one of my gripes, where yeah. right when the royal family is showing up, you know Medusa and Black Bolt are showing up, and they've got Locus with them. Mm-hmm. They're on their way in, and you hear gunshots and screams and gunshots and screams, and then they just kind of come bebopping on up. <laughs> and you just don't even see any kind of interaction there of like right. the combat situation that you heard. Like, yeah, I guess it's cheaper to do it that way. And it kind of, it downplays the importance of the humans in there. Like, oh yeah, you know, our, our guys are so much better, but then, you know, w- like we've reunited Medusa and Black Bolt and Gorgon and Karnak. Everybody gets to see each other again. Now that that's done, Locus is no longer a thing. She got shot out of nowhere. At no point was she even like doubled over until it was like, oh, we don't need her anymore. She's shot. <laughs> and she falls over and dies right then and there. Yeah. It's still like she was hiding it. But there's no real motivation for her to hide it. Yeah. Uh, it's just, just uh, except and she then just she, want, would rather die than be a prisoner. Well, she dies and then says, be the king that we deserve. And like, yeah. This, what? Whole, this whole thing, that's the, the and you know, we, 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 we kind of speculated about this and we have talked about it and we have uh said that it's only almost the only way they can go maximus has a point like maximus is not wrong with his little coup yeah he like he actually has a point and he he's trying to run the society in a way better than black bolt does but he's selfish he doesn't really care yeah um and we're starting to see that that come through and and it's starting to really well, and even to the people they say that they, they stood up to him and were like yeah. is this best best for Adeline? is this best best for maximus right right and like we're starting to see him with this this whole argument of like you have to earn your freedom like 
you weren't saying that four episodes ago. Like you yeah. just wanted to give people their freedom, but now you're saying like you have to earn it. Yeah. You have to be to something that you're not. Yeah. To get your freedom, like, which is a little different. Go through this gauntlet and at the other end is your freedom. Good luck. That's a little different than what you were selling before. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> sir, you did not tell me about all these underlying fees. <laughs> there is fine print here and I don't like it. <laughs> well, so it's odd though another one of my gripes this might be actually four um <laughs> no i'm gonna go, i'm gonna put it in three because there's one overall gripe that is going to be in every episode that has crystal in it um, <laughs> i hate her. ball hair i freaking hate crystal mm. I, that actress is no good mm. i do not like her i do not like her portrayal of the character her acting is terrible i love lockjaw i'm in love with lockjaw put somebody better with I have a big question. I've been meaning to bring this up, and I, I don't know how I haven't. What is Lockjaw? He's an inhuman. So he was a human, humanoid at least, who went through Terragenesis and became a huge cow dog. <laughs> I'm actually, and who now they treat like a pet? I'm actually not sure. That's what, I'm really curious. Was he a Is he? Are there a lot of uh, canines on Adelin? That have powers, or is he the only one? How does he exist? Is he eternal? Like, does he exist from the original experiments that the did they do new experiments on different races or different species? I mean, uh, why? I, I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't understand why he exists. And if he isn't because if he's if he's an inhuman who went through Terragenesis and came out the other side, that seems it's really, really rude. <laughs> it's to really treat him. rude to just treat him like that. He's treat, he's very much just treated like a pet. The way that it's always been uh, it's been displayed in comics is that he's just a pet. He is he's a bulldog, but they call him an inhuman bulldog because he's got the inhuman gene. But so, like they can't call it something else. It's not like the Cree descendant gene or whatever. Get, how did he get the Cree or whatever? How did he get the inhuman gene? I'm not sure. I honestly don't know, man. <laughs> I'm really confused by the existence of Lockjaw, and I want to know what his deal is. Yeah. Is this like an interspecies love situation? Because <laughs> that's weird. I can't think of a situation this isn't weird. Maybe in new experiments. Maybe like they decided to try some new experiments with the Inhuman Cree, blah, blah, blah. But that seems not like Inhuman's uh, thing to do. Yeah. I... But he's incredibly intelligent, apparently. Apparently he can... Uh, he can teleport anywhere in the world pretty accurately. Yeah, he gets a little bit tired. When yeah. he gets tired, he gets sloppy. Yeah, but it's weird. I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> I like him. It's enjoyable to watch. If he's like, just a bulldog, then he's great. But if he's if he is a, a former person, then it's not. He's okay. turned into a bulldog and immediately started treating like a. Like a pet, which goes fine with the, re- the way the royal family treats everyone else. So like, <laughs> they treat everybody like dogs. He just is one. Yeah. <laughs> like that is the weirdest thing to have happen in your terragenesis. Like, up, oh, you look like a giant bulldog, and you can also teleport. Also, you're far bigger than those little cages were that people were getting their terragenesis in. So yeah, he like, probably exploded. Probably one. exploded one. Yeah, there used to be three. <laughs> And then Lockjaw happened. And they're like, well, how do you feel? You you look different. And he's uh, like, well, he must not be intelligent anymore. He looks like a dog to me. Let's just start petting him. Put a collar on him. Put a collar on him. Oh, 
Yeah, I feel bad for Lockjaw. He's a person. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the the other the other gripe that I had is that apparently uh, at the end of the episode, or I guess in the stinger, we see that a coup has already started or a, an uprising oh, against right. Maximus in the span of a day. Like you've been king for a day and you already have an organized revolt. Well, I would say that's almost not even an organized revolt. It's like a a just a group that was still loyal to loyal to Black Bolt who's t- still 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 hasn't been taken down yet. Uh but yeah, like it's I don't know. It does feel like th- the events that have have moved slower. Has there only been a day? Yeah. Cuz that's how long Karnak's been there. I'm trying to think. It might be two days, because he spent a little bit of time wandering around before he got to the pot Right. Farm. Well, also, uh, did, when did they say they just met a day and a half ago or whatever? What do you mean? Like, Karnak says, like, Cause we, a day, six hours, and blah, 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 for the time that he was with her. Because, like, he, in the first episode, was saying to that one, like, handmaiden or whatever, that servant girl, he was like... You know, two and a half days or whatever. Like, after two and a half days, I'd be wanting to kill you. Whatever. So he says a day, six hours, whatever. But then, like, he spent a little bit of time, a few hours, I guess, climbing down the mountain, hitting his head, wandering around in circles, and then finding the pot farm. So, like, I guess I would put it at two days. But still, you've been king for two days. We also know Crystal was locked up, up in space for a couple of days, it seemed like. And then she ends up... On Earth, it seems like maybe it's been three or four days. Still, uh, you have had you've had power for that's, less than a week, and you already have a vagina-headed revolt against you. It's true. It's true. That is a weird power, right? <laughs> like a vagina on your forehead is just a strange inhuman ability. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> I wonder if that's why they all have hoods on. <laughs> they all have a similar power. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, the show is the show's all right. We got a little feedback about it. Yeah, yeah, we let's, do. Let's see what let's see what other folks are saying. Uh, Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, "Inhumans episode four show has been too inconsistent, but it's halfway through, so I'll finish it and hope the writing improves and they actually spend some money if they get a next season. There are flashes of a good show in there. They just have to go to the mines and dig it out. <laughs> well, luckily we have an in- huge underclass." That will just send to the mines all willy-nilly and not really care. Yeah, this guy with a strength class of eight. You remember that? No. The the inhuman kid that like saw the future in his seizure visions? Right, right, right. Uh, he, his dad has those weird like claw hands and yeah. armored forearms. The, um, the guy who's on the genetic council that used to be Maximus' friend, he said that, they, that that guy has a strength class or strength characteristic or whatever, strength level of eight. Uh-huh. And I'm assuming that's a large amount. I mean, we haven't heard that scale used at all before then. Right. So just a random number that gives just, us no information. <laughs> like, no point of reference eight, for this. on a scale of 77. <laughs> on a scale of one to 77. <laughs> how strong are you? Eight. Oh, that's not much. But, you know, he said it's an honor. So, yeah. Send him out. Yeah. So apparently, like, there's that guy in the mines, and we don't know why, but I don't know. 
Yeah, the being forced, forcing people to mine, putting them in weird indentured servitude or whatever, just because of how their uh, their genes work out seems weird. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't seem like things heroes do. And I think they're getting at the fact that Medusa and Crystal's parents didn't believe in this caste system either. Yeah. And are they... They were banished, right? Yeah, they were banished so from Adelaide. We might still even meet them. It's possible. Um, I bet it's unlikely, though. The fact that they are... They believed in... They did not believe in the caste system. What if there's the ones that started Afterlife? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, yeah. they could have been banished and then come down here and start Afterlife. Uh, I had a feeling Afterlife was around longer, though, than than that. Yeah. But who knows? That's, that's, the, that's the, the thought. I can't remember how long they said... Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, I have to, I do have to say though, as far as like letting the good guys be bad, they kind of forced them into a bad spot just by telling us like these people are unhappy with the way that the the caste system is set up, and Medusa was just like, you know, Locus was a finder, like that's her job in our society because she can do that echolocation thing, right? Like. She wanted to be a healer, and then Luis is like, she can't do both? And it's like, no, she doesn't have healing skills. Other people have healing skills. She has that echolocation thing. Like, yeah, she can study to be a doctor, but, like, she's really good at finding stuff. Yeah. At what point is it, this is our culture, stay out of it? And at what point is it, you're treating people badly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's It's a classic kind of Star Trek question. But I don't feel like they're posing it on purpose. It feels like this weird question they like made a couple episodes and then they were like, oh, maybe this whole caste system thing that we've built thus far <laughs> hasn't been very good. Yeah. It just doesn't felt deliberate. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm I'm probably wrong. I'm, I'm sure they had this as the first season arc, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they probably had the whole thing planned out, but in a really Scott Buck up way. Yeah. Scott bucked up. Ah, <laughs> you get it. Daniel Plum said to us, Hey guys. Hi. Hi, Daniel. I thought this last episode was just okay. Not great. That romance plot with Karnak and that girl was very awkward and out of place. I do like Desmond's from Lost character so far, though. Uh, and Mortis seems interesting, but why can't they just show some more powers on display? Medusa got a haircut. Black Bolt can't talk for obvious reasons, I guess, but he could have just broken out of his jail cell that night without hurting anyone. Karnak has a concussion, and Gorgon, Gorgon is wearing boots now, so we can't even see his hooves. <laughs> it feels like Scott Buck just found a bunch of excuses to show the least amount of superpowers possible. SMH. That's, that's in a paragraph. Let's discuss that. Um, first off, that is probably directly what he did because that's budget you know yeah, like that's a budget thing that's like, a budget straight thing up. for sure like if you can show powers all the time great but you, you you do have to it's a tv show you have to restrain some things but things like hooves you're just like why doesn't he wear why is he just showing hooves like right like give the man some prosthetics yeah they've got a guy on star trek right now who has hooves and he's he's wearing like um, shoes discovery yeah okay he's wearing shoes that look like uh, because of the way the hooves jet forward, yeah, they look basically like a like a lady's high heel. Okay, and he walks around in those. But it's, but they, so the the male character had to learn how to walk in high heels. Yeah, like that character could have they could have done that with this guy and at least had him have, even though they're not his hooves wouldn't be showing, they could have him walking in sort of 
a high heel situation, like yeah. like showing that he has them. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They could do things to make it like feel right, but they didn't. They yeah. just gave him really big fucking boots. <laughs> <sighs> and then like one of the things that I got really pissed off about recently, when I like before I even started the episode last night, I like I flipped over on Hulu to uh, to the the Marvels in Humans channel, and I looked at the art in the background. I was like, that's really cool art. They did a really good job of that art. Wait a minute. All over this freaking art is Medusa's hair. You took Medusa's hair from me in the first episode. (laughs) You've got all of this depiction of her hair and this awesome power that she has, and you took that away from me in the first episode because you didn't like the budget for it? Like, you didn't even tell me who Medusa was with her hair before you took her hair away. Well, they did that with everybody. They even took Karnak's ability, which Karnak's ability could be free. Yeah. They can every once in a while show him actually analyzing it, which costs money. But most of the time, they can just have him being a badass because he saw things yeah, coming. Yeah, just let him be a badass and be like, oh, yeah, well, that's how Karnak does. they took does. his away. That's how the Karnak do. <laughs> yeah, and Gorgon's power doesn't really take much money, especially when you throw boots on him. He's just a brute force guy. Um, yeah, he's just a really good fighter. Yeah. Like, when you show him in hand-to-hand combat, he's awesome because he's super strong, and that's yeah. just what he does. You yeah, don't yeah. have to have him stomp every time. Yeah, no, for sure. <sighs> All right, let's anyway, move. So, so second half of what Daniel, Daniel Plum said. Plum goes on to say uh, about that Hawaiian guy though, who was talking about how he had a king once. I've lived in Hawaii for about a year now, and I noticed that a lot of Native Hawaiians have some resentment to quote unquote outsiders or white people. Many of them are very aware of their history and resent how their ancestors were taken over. Some of them don't even like to consider themselves as American. A lot of the natives, however, don't have this mentality about foreigners. Just thought I'd share that. That one guy talking about how he had a king and some other things show, uh, shown on Hawaii seem familiar to me, but I'm just a white guy myself, so what do I know? Anyways, doesn't make the show much better for me. I want to like it. I really do. I'm just not all that impressed so far. That is very interesting. We did discuss this, and I'm sure I understood where they were going for there. I'd never really heard that perspective uh, from Hawaiians before. I'm, I had no yeah, doubt. I have no doubt. Like- not like I talk to Hawaiians on the frequent. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any Hawaiians in my personal life. Uh, but we should. Yeah, we should seek out Hawaiian friends. Yeah, um, we need. Uh, if you, if any listeners are in Hawaii, uh, go ahead and shoot us a message. We would like to become personal friends with you, <laughs> so that uh, just so that we can understand your culture better and, and better be able to comment on this. <laughs> that and I feel like Hawaiian culture has been suppressed. And needs to be brought back out. I had spam masubi recently because of a Hawaiian party. And I was looking up, like, what's a traditional Hawaiian dish? You know, luau party, whatever. And spam masubi was the thing that came up. And I was like, really? Spam masubi? I made it, following the recipe exactly. And then I tried it and I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. Huh. It's so good. Cool. Like, And that's like a, that's like a grandma's dish kind of thing. Interesting. In Hawaii. Well, like I said, I, I'm sure there definitely are people with that perspective in Hawaii. It didn't. It just didn't make sense to me why they joined his fight. Like yeah. trading one king for another ruler, trading a king that you cared about for just a random king is like just seems different. Yeah, it's a little. Uh, that's that's little where weird. the leap happened for me. Like I have no doubt that there are people that feel that way in Hawaii, and that's what I got from that conversation. But. Uh, it is very interesting. Thank you for writing in because it's, it's definitely an interesting perspective to have actually seen that in action. Because yeah. I don't here in Alabama, there's not a lot of Hawaii, no, Hawaii not much and Alabama. King talk over here. Yeah, 
Uh, so, I mean, we yeah. just we just have racism is all we have. Yeah, we just have we just have like you know Black History and dogs and hoses and you know we're kind of the we're in the center of one of the worst uh, racially charged. Uh, incidences in in American history, which is you yeah. know great to live in that area, yeah, and be sure. known for that. It's like you tell people from somewhere else, so I'm from Alabama, and they're like, oh yeah, the place where the civil rights movement happens. Like, oh, right. great, thanks. Well, and it's it, it's a strange thing because it, obviously the civil rights movement did happen here. We have yeah. amazing leaders from here. Yeah, we've got a great set of history on some amazing leaders, but like, but yes, a the lot re- of the really they had bad rise, shit has happened here. The reason they had to rise was because of yeah, the it racism. sucks that that had to happen. You know, yeah, for sure. Like you can't just. I'm a I'm a I'm a everybody is the same because we're all people kind of believer, and it just it's. Yeah. It boggles my mind that there were points in history where people were like, oh, we're better than you because Ugh. we have better technology, so you're now a slave. Like, what? Why? Yep. Does not does not make sense. It doesn't compute for me. Um, but anyway. That, it's part of our history, for sure. It is a part of... It's a, I'm, you know what? When I moved to Tampa, I'm going to be like, no, nah, I've been here my whole life. I don't know what you're talking about. I am not from anywhere else. Oh, I'm sure. I'm just going to disown Alabama entirely. Oh, man. Uh, Sherman Smith said to us, uh, looks like, oh, this is our last piece of feedback. So let's make it a good one, Sherman. In Humans Episode 5, really liking the Karnak storyline, along with the absolute power corrupts absolutely narrative. The royal family was definitely corrupt. Maximus may have good intentions, but his methods are terrible, and his main ally is evil. Who's his main ally? Maximus? Aaron. Who's Aaron? The girl that he sent down. His assassin girl. Oh, I misread that. Sorry. Maximus made Maximus. good intentions, but his methods are terrible. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I misheard that. I, I thought he said dead. Uh, Black Bolt? Black Bolt. Uh, may may have good intentions. Yeah, that, that, I agree with him. Sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna marker that. Sorry. Okay, because I just, just stumbled for a minute. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think he probably is evil too. Like I think, I don't think he has good intentions. I think his goals are good, but the reason his goals are good are. I think his, his announced goals are good. Announced goals are good. His unstated goals are: I'm doing this because I want to, because I want the power. I want to be king. Yeah, he's doing it for himself. That's yeah. That's the bottom line. He's maybe doing good things for bad reasons. Yeah, and you know, um, I I like the confirmation from Sherman that I got uh, the Karnak storyline being uh, enjoyable. I'm I'm glad that I'm not the only one that likes it. Yeah, I think Karnak it's, Karnak stories. Been interesting. Yeah. Even if it was, like, incredibly rushed and just not very timely at all. And that's kind of just a cool, like, sci-fi sort of uh, story. Like, guy can... The, the the idea that he can predict everything, the guy the idea that he lost it, and the way that makes him understand people better. Like, that's classic sort of, like... Yeah, it's he's brought Spock low to show... Yeah, he's stuff. being brought low to be shown humility. Yeah. And I liked it. I liked it a lot. So episode five, Karnak was the star. Yeah, he was. Plus he's all shirtless and stuff. Mm-mm. 
Uh, no, he had on the uh, he had on the hand wraps and the green hoodie, which is pretty much exactly what he was in or what he was dressed like in a recent comic where he he had his own comic line, the Karnak. Um, he looked exactly like that in that comic. Huh. So it was like a straight up out of that comic, like bloop. Let me grab this green hoodie and hand wraps. I thought it was just a Scott Buck referencing Iron Fist. Nah, <laughs> nah. Um, but anyway. I think that's about all we got to say about these two episodes. Yeah. We will be back with you guys next week uh, with some news and feedback, but also the big thing. The big thing. The big thing. Will we? Well, mm, there's this week's episode. We probably need to, well, shit. Yeah, we'll figure that out all fair. Yeah. We'll be back with you guys with but more in Absolutely next week. News and feedback. is Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok's what I'm so excited about. Yes. Obviously, we're not 100% excited about and humans, we're still going to be here for it, but uh, we'll 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 be we'll be really pumped on Thursday night for uh, some Thor Ragnarok. Action. Yes, we will. All right, guys, thank you so much. We'll be back with you. Hit us up at mcucast.com if you need anything. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. mcucast.com at mcucast on Twitter, Facebook.com slash mcucast five seven three cast mcucast to leave a voicemail, or you can uh, support us at patreon.com slash MCU cast. We'll talk to you guys soon. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.